You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi. He has a recognized and respected business cash management and credit advisor. Greg Janes is helping companies better understand how to free up additional cash while leveraging credit for growth. And his passion is to put people together to make ideas come to life. If you'd like to learn more about this radio show or the CEO peer groups that I lead, visit my company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Or if you know someone who might make a great guest, like I'm sure Greg will be, then simply call or text me at 949-887-4104. We're available as a live stream on Facebook on octalkradio.net's fan page if you want to watch us in addition to listening to us. Greg, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Rick. Appreciate it. Yeah, I've looked forward to having you on the show for some time. I've known you for a number of years, and I'm kind of surprised this is the first time we've had you on the program, but you're here now, right? Yeah, right. All right, so you are Vice President Relationship Manager for Bank of the West in the commercial banking. Can you tell me a little bit, or maybe share with our audience, an interesting story from your past experience? Uh, in the banking world? Okay, sure. so you know, I've, had a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of work in the, starting in finance in the late 90s, and uh, I started off with the financing group of another bank, and then I transitioned over to a, uh, a very much a larger entity. But probably the, an interesting story, I've got a lot of them. Probably the transition story is the best. So the reason why I left the large bank, yeah. I thought at one time I'd like to help somebody start a small bank. Okay. So I said, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to get that opportunity here at this large bank, so I think I'm going to go out. Find a small bank to work for, which I did. Get experience. Learn the ropes, get the experience, right? Right. And then at some point, someone will see my grand success, tap me on the shoulder, say, hey, why don't you come over here? We're going to start a little bank and then down the road maybe sell it or keep running it or do something like that or, or at least help someone do that. Okay. You know, make uh, all of our dreams come true. And what I realized was it is hard to run a bank, number one, and it's hard to start a bank, number two. So I, I did that for a while and realized that I, I really want to go back you know, to the space that I'm comfortable in. And that's the larger bank sector. Okay. And Bank of the West fits that category? Bank of the West absolutely fits that category. Okay. And it's Bank of the West commercial banking. What does that mean? So commercial banking is a little bit different than maybe small business or branch banking. Commercial banking helps uh, customers that are a little bit larger in size. For me, technically, that starts at around $20, $25 million in yearly revenue. Okay. More complex. Our group does get into uh, more structured financing, publicly traded entities, uh, participations with other banks, syndication deals, what I mean by that. Really more services and a lot more products aside from just cash management. It also goes down to credit. Okay. So the smaller banks definitely play a part, and the smaller banking units within large banks play a part. It just depends on what size revenue your business is. And I'd say, ask your banker, am I in the right fit? Am I in the right bank? Right. So you said the floor is kind of $20 million. Is there a ceiling for commercial banking? Uh, no. There is okay. not. Okay. All right. So you have clients across that portfolio spectrum. Then. Right. So we'll have go up to, I, I, well, the ceiling would be roughly uh, half a billion, maybe a billion dollars. Okay. Yeah. All right. And why do you like that space? Well, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs in my family, so I definitely like the smaller to mid-market or what we call lower middle market. That's what I call it, lower middle market. Yeah. So yeah. my strength is probably in the uh, 10 to 75 space. Okay. That's where I'm most comfortable. That's where I've had my career. Okay. And that's where by far all my customers are and will be. 
So I said in the open how you like to bring people together, but what is it about banking that attracted you and, and holds its attraction for you? Well, it's complex. It's always a challenge. Every day is something different. Every time you talk to a new business owner, it's a different business. It's a different way of doing something. It's a different way of making money. I'm always curious as to how folks got their business acumen or how they got started, what motivates them to get up every day and go make it happen, because it's hard running a business. It is, isn't it? It's hard being a banker. It's doubly hard running a business. You've got a lot of things to think about. Again, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs, and I saw that firsthand. Uh, you know, and sometimes I take that personal experience to task with my customers and say, you know what, here's here's some things I saw go wrong. Try okay. not to do these things. Okay, a little tough love maybe? A little tough love. All right, we're talking with Greg Janes, and he is Vice President and Relationship Manager, Bank of the West, Commercial Banking. Okay, let's move on. Why do clients, every bank ha- has probably a different positioning, and yeah. we've had a few bankers on the radio show over the years. But tell me why clients select your bank to do business with. Well, you hit it on the head. There are different banks for different uh, companies. And I strongly advise all companies, whatever cycle they happen to be in, to look around and don't shut the door to a banker when they call you. Always take a call. Take a discussion. Take a meeting if you'd like. Different banks do different things well. The things that we do at Bank the West, we are a strong regional bank. We're the second largest bank headquartered in California. Okay. We're probably the 26th or 28th largest bank in the United States. But we're backed by the sixth largest bank in the world called BNP Paribas in Paris, France. Mm-hmm. So it gives us a lot of local service services. Um, gives us a lot of local acumen because we've been in this market a long time. Right. And it gives us the heft of a very large global bank with a global reach. So if people say, you know, I'm having trouble exporting product or maybe importing product, that's something we can do. If they say they have uh, offices overseas and they have to open up bank accounts with different banks, we can help out with that. We've got a lot of initiative within the bank to really help customers that either are headquartered or owned by an overseas parent or are headquartered here in the, in the United States and have offices overseas. So uh, the you might have heard a bit of the interview we did with the previous guest today on an earlier podcast, which was about digital marketing, and he, he was very clear about uh, knowing who your core market is, what your niche is, and my sense is you just gave us a very good description of the type of companies that fit the niche that get the most value from doing business with you and the Bank of the West. Right. So my niche, just to narrow it down, my niche is basically entrepreneurial, privately owned companies who are growing. I don't do a lot of startups, but who are growing rapidly and need um, maybe an upgrade from a smaller bank who might be more expensive or perhaps even down from a very large bank where they might be just considered uh, a number. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a good way to put it. We give a lot of good service. The people who run our group have been in this office uh, in Orange County for a very long time. So the banking industry is huge, but the banking marketplace can be, I think you guys know each other. Right, there's a lot of cross pollination. Exactly. Yes. So, so your brand is important to maintain the integrity and the quality of your brand, and absolutely. And you sort of know the people who you're going to work with because you've seen them in the marketplace, right? Absolutely. Okay. So you knew Bank of the West before you joined the organization. I always knew of them. Um, I had a lot of respect for Bank of the West from years past. Great. Uh, when an opportunity came to join Bank of the West, I jumped at it. There you go. All right, we're talking with Greg James, who is the Vice President and Relationship Manager for Bank of the West in their commercial banking. I know that you've also um, done some work with ESOP companies. Mm-hmm. Can you can you talk a little bit about and uh, maybe help our audience uh, share your, the, the special needs of you know employee-owned firms and how Bank of the West and you in particular might be able to help them? Sure. So my experience 
is limited in ESOPs. Uh, the last two places I was at, we didn't. I didn't have the opportunity to do that. Okay. But my network is strong in that market. Okay. So when I arrived at Bank of the West in our commercial group, there are a few instances where we have ESOPs as customers and have converted privately owned companies to ESOPs and have managed them currently. Okay. So there are a lot of things to consider. There's for the CEO thinking about maybe transitioning, but they still want to be head of the table, right? Or the owner who says, I want to retire now or someplace. An ESOP, or particularly a partial ESOP, is a great way to go. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things, though, to consider if you want to go down that route. And one of them might be something that might uh, impinge that, and there's a lot more employee involvement. Yes. Employees get more say, yes. as they should, because they are part Owners, Owners, right. There are, um, if you're thinking about selling the business uh, outright to maybe a a strategic buyer or doing an ESOP, you're probably going to see a lower valuation of your business Mm -hmm. through an ESOP, but that is backed up by the tax advantages of the ESOP. So you might think, okay, the value of the business is less, but the tax advantages for both the business and the owner, whether it's partial or full ESOP participation from the founder, really offsets that lower value. Right. A couple things to consider when you do get into an ESOP, you really want, it's designed really for, to back it up, a, a, a long-term growth company. Stable management, stable growth, stable profits. It's not really designed for a startup who's going to be around for two right. years and do an ESOP. Yeah. The banks really want to see, okay, can we make this happen? Can the financials support this uh, this ESOP funding that we're doing or, or another funding source? It's complex. ESOPs, getting into an ESOP can be complex, and it can be taxing to an owner who's not familiar with that type of setup. That's why you really do want to have a good CPA on hand. You want to have a good ESOP consultant, good law firm, good bank, the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. It can be costly. So minimum setup to get into and understand the ESOP and get your ESOP plan in place could be $40,000 and go from there mm. on up to several hundred thousand dollars. Right. So it's complex. It can be expensive. You might lose a little bit of your kingdom. But in the end, if you're planning on doing a transition anyway, this is a great way to do it either all at once or maybe through a slow or maybe even a not a full transition. There are ESOPs out there that the owner still controls 60% decades later. Right. Employees are happy. Owner's happy. Everybody gets together and makes things happen. If you have an ESOP ownership structure, your employees are going to be way more involved. Right. And maybe that leads to an engaged workforce. An engaged workforce is always a Which is workforce. awesome. Awesome. Okay. We're talking with Greg Janes, and we're going to take our first and only commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. It's literally just, you know, 60 seconds, something from me, one of the products or services I do, and I really would like you to listen to it because it's important, and I'm sure you'll see value in it. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Greg to talk about what methods firms can use to make sure they're maximizing their additional cash as well as leveraging that for growth through credit. So we're going to talk about that, okay? Sounds great. That's what we said in the tease in the open. So we'll do that in the second block here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this word from me. Okay. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. 
Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast, and I am your host, Richard Franzi. You know, all of our shows can be heard any time of day or night on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have appeared on a radio show. Since we started our show in 2009, our shows reached several hundred thousand listeners through this live stream on octalkradio.net, our Facebook Live on octalkradio.net's fan page, as well as the podcast that we'll be pushing out on the various platforms tomorrow. Simply type in these four words, Critical Mass Radio Show, in your favorite podcasting software to find our weekly shows and hopefully become a regular listener. All right, we're talking with Greg James. He is the Vice President, Relationship Manager for Bank of the West Commercial Banking Group. Before the break, I said I was going to ask you to talk about what methods firms can use to make sure they're maximizing their additional cash and they're also leveraging their credit for growth. That uh, seems like a simple question, but not a simple answer. So I always suggest, uh, obviously, to businesses, know your business, stay ahead of the curve. And by that means, you got to have a good CPA. You have a good foundation for consultation, both your banker, your CPA, a good lawyer. All those will help you. But as far as the business goes, cash and leverage... When you work with a bank, they're going to look at your ratios. They're going to look at your leverage, cash flow versus your debt ratio, how that looks out. They're going to have minimums that you're going to have to hit. Really pay attention to that because there's a lot of times when we engage with a prospect or a customer and we say, okay, these, this is what we can do if we see these types of numbers going forward. And that could be a quarterly, maybe every six months or maybe even every year. If you don't have a good CPA or you don't have a good staff on hand with a good knowledge and grasp of finance, it can make it really difficult. What I mean by that is, say your quarterly financials come up to you, and that happens to us all the time. We call them. We say, oh, don't forget, quarterly financials coming up. They say, oh, yes. And within two weeks go by, we say, don't forget, your quarterly financials are due. Uh-huh. And they say, we're still trying to get them from our CPA, or we haven't got them yet, or we're trying to digest them or something like Nothing makes a banker more nervous than not getting updated financials because we really want to take the pulse of the company on a regular basis we're in a partnership with you we're lending you money we're lending you capital to grow to buy more goods to buy more space maybe to buy a building we want to know that what you're doing is what we agreed to and that you've thought you you said you were going to do in the beginning Uh uh-huh Pay attention to your ratios. Understand your ratios. Understand your cash flow coverage. When you say pay attention to your ratios, can you simply let a business executive know which ratios you're talking about? Well, we always want to look at quick ratios. We always want to look at you know your current assets over your current liabilities, those types of things. We also mm-hmm. want to look at your cash flow and your debt coverage. Now, banks typically are going to look at uh, for every dollar in debt, you need to have a dollar twenty-five in cash flow to cover. Right. Okay. So those are very important. And if if you're intimidated by those numbers because you're the entrepreneur is out there making and selling, I get that. Just sit down with your banker and have them explain what it is you're going to need. And this is you know probably more apt for smaller businesses because typically a smaller or larger business is going to have a full accounting staff, finance staff, CFO, controller, treasurer, those types of things. Right. But never, ever, ever be afraid to ask your banker, what's it going to take to get more line of credit if I need it? What's it going to take to get a better rate? What's it going to take to uh, to help my business grow? It, it, you service growing companies exactly. who need 
cash to grow. Right. So any good banker is going to want to find growing companies. We don't want stagnant companies because you know, that's just no fun. We want to see our companies, our customers expanding, growing, doing more things with this, quite frankly, right? Putting more money in the bank, okay. using our services, okay. growing their line, growing their term debt if they're buying buildings or equipment or whatnot. As long as it all makes sense, we want those companies to grow, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully as rapidly as possible. Right. And is it your experience that in the peer groups that I lead, I really try to help our my clients understand bankers, their CPA, maybe a transactional attorney if they do things that require that, and me as their CEO peer group leader are kind of the trusted advisors that they really need to bring into the business. Yep. But at least from a banking and CPA and Rick Franzi trusted advisor perspective, it's good to get those people talking together as well about your needs for cash and your credit requirements as you grow your business, right? Rather than dealing with them serially, I find bringing them in the room together on occasion, maybe not every meeting, but certainly frequently enough that they have a relationship with other is valuable. Really valuable. Um, it's often that you don't get that participation from the other partners within the business, the other extended partners, by mean CPA, law firms. If, if there's a business owner that wants to really grow and have his partners understand the business, absolutely get your banker to talk to the CPA. That way they can trade financials back and forth with the blessing, of course, of the owner, make sure. things happen. If the owner has a certain uh, idea in mind, everyone should know about that and be on the same page. You know, the CPA might be very conservative, the banker might not be, or vice versa. Uh-huh. Everyone's got to know what part they can help play. You know, and, and other things, cash and, and coverage and leverage, always keep a cushion, always keep some kind of cash. Make it worthwhile for the bank to want to do business with you. If you're if you're growing beyond your means, you know, hopefully a good banker will tell you so and, and limit you. That doesn't mean you should go shopping around for a better bank, because what you're going to find is you're going to be more levered. And your rate's going to be higher. Okay. And your debt's going to be more expensive. Okay. It's just going to be more expensive to grow. Now, that That's okay if you have a, a really fast growth market and you want to lever up. But for most of my customers who are really you know good, solid, growing, but reasonable growth, make sure your banker's in play. Perfect. All make right, sure we're talking with Greg good. Janes, and he is the Vice President Relationship Manager for Bank of the West Commercial Banking Group. One of the things I wanted to ask you, and because I, I, I like to, we have just a few minutes left here on a radio program, but what's your bank's view or your view and opinion of the economic outlook for the balance of this year? Here we are almost at the middle of 2017. Yeah. You know, what, do you got, what are you hearing? Because you get to see so many com- companies. I think you get a good cross-section for what's really going on on the street. Right. Well, that's a discussion you kind of have every day with your network partners out there. How are you doing? What's going on? What do you see? Of course, I do participate, or not participate, but I do go to a lot of uh, economic forums, Chapman Forum, mm-hmm. Doty, all those. And I think what what we anticipated in 2017 versus 16 was probably a little bit more volume, a lot, of, probably a little bit more uh, business activity across the board in the United States. I, and I do see we're seeing that in certain sectors, but other sectors are kind of slowing down. I mean, transportation is slowing down a little bit. It was hurt last year with that Chinese crisis. It's kind of spilled over into this year. Uh, restaurants, uh, some restaurants are doing great, but a lot of restaurant chains are doing flat business. Okay. So it's kind of stagnant. As far as investment, as far as real estate goes, which is a big lifeblood of the Orange County market, by the way, as you know, um, I, I think there's a big wild card in the political spectrum right now. No one really knows what tax changes are coming up. Uh-huh. Nobody knows really where to play that deck. So... I think a lot of people are sitting back and waiting for maybe the political winds to blow one straight direction for a set amount of time. Hmm. I, so, I, in real estate especially, that's true. 
Okay. So if someone, thank you for that, if someone would like to learn more about what you're doing as a relationship manager or the role that Bank of the West might help them with, how, where do you suggest they go online to learn more about Greg Janes or the brand and brand that you work for? You bet. Well, they can always start with bankofthewest.com. That'll give them all kinds of opportunities to look at the kind of things that we do. We have a, uh, a personal, small business, commercial banking sectors on there. They can just click on the tabs. For me personally, I've got an email address, and, of course, I've got an office phone and a cell phone. Do you want me to give that out? Yeah, sure. What the hell? I'm always available on my cell phone, Rick. 949-439-9190. My email is gregory.janes, and that's with an N, is it Nancy? E-S at bankofthewest.com. Well, thank you for being uh, a guest on the program today, a part of the Critical Mass community, a friend of the program. I've enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Greg James. Me too. Thanks, Rick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts. Our producers are Crystal Nunley, Joan Park, and Haley Stern. I'm your host, Richard Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show or the CEO peer groups that I lead, visit criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. 